0: This is Rising Up with Sonali and I'm your host Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. A white supremacist teenage man shot and killed 10 people and injured three at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York on Saturday. The vast majority of the victims were black in what has been confirmed to be a racist shooting spree. The suspect, who was apprehended unhurt and without incident, live-streamed the massacre. He also posted a racist manifesto online ahead of the incident that echoed the tenets of an increasingly mainstream Republican idea of the replacement theory that posits white Americans are being deliberately replaced by people of color. President Joe Biden, in an address to law enforcement on Sunday, said the shooter was quote, armed with weapons of war and had a quote, hate-filled soul. We turn now to Rosa Clemente. She's a journalist, producer, political commentator, and scholar activist. She is the executive director of the Black Latino Latina Organizing Project and is currently completing her Ph.D. at the W.E.B. Du Bois Center at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. She's a frequent guest on our program. Welcome back, Rosa. Thank you for having me, Somali. You're in Albany, a few hours away from Buffalo. This particular incident, not unlike recent incidents, um where white shooters have gone after people of color we're thinking about the el paso massacre and the walmart the church shooting um in charleston there's an increasing pattern here people are now especially media are now not hesitating to call it a racist terror attack or a domestic terrorism attack just does that labeling of it as what it actually is suggest we're making some progress in recognizing these horrors
1: Yes, I mean, definitely it is it is a terrorist attack, but first and foremost, it's a white supremacist attack that was also had the ability to be live streamed for a while. And I mean, even if it was a couple minutes, that's a long time for someone at Twitch not to have shut it down. Maybe they didn't want to, but uh, I, I do think we have to say it is a white supremacist attack because... I've already seen some media have non-Black people on it saying, you know, this could happen to all of us at any time. And that's not true. You know, and not especially once specifically targeted to kill Black people.
0: So when we examine the manifesto, or even just read about it because it's really hard to actually examine it. This idea of the replacement theory that Tucker Carlson routinely spots on Fox News that members of Congress, Elise Stefanik and J.D. Vance, Republicans who are mainstreaming this theory, this is a pretty clear link to what happened in Buffalo, right?
1: Yeah, and Elise Stefanik is, up here, and it, they call it the North Country, that's between Saratoga, after Albany, to Buffalo. Uh, she's a sitting congresswoman. But in reading, I, I've read the replacement theory, but I mean, historically, right, ever since indigenous people were used, Africans, Chinese, and other other people, exploited especially work exploitation and capitalistic exploitation this country has never wanted black people here you know it it saw them as non-human as chattel that would be here to to work the fields and then die so it's not like whether you call it replacement theory or white supremacist thinking or the fact that the country this country is looking black and browner more and more every day it's it's looking more like some of the parts of the rest of the world and then being coupled with so much disinformation and propaganda you know reading something like that is not surprising to me it's not surprising the age of the people it's targeting which is younger white kids that might be disaffected, and mostly because of the um, growing inequity in this country. But I also think it can be linked to what is happening right now with the possibility of Roe being overturned and abortion being illegal and no longer a right in, in so many states and maybe, if not, the rest of the country pretty soon because i think there's a reason that you know this is tied in with abortion is they need more babies like (laughs) that to me what they're trying to do is a white project nation building right now when their numbers are going down you know and i don't think it's too far in between to say here's this young white man who had already been flagged, got his arm. He, he went armed. He would have killed more if he, he wasn't stopped. He was stopped without being killed. Um, he wanted to do this at another supermarket. But then we can go all the way to the uh, totalitarianism we're seeing with the potential and uh, not just abortion, but reproductive rights, right? I mean, white people, men in power are at least going to want white women to be able to produce their white babies while then they're using this replacement theory to, you know, have us killed or carted away or other forms of mass incarceration. So I really wish people on on the left and, and progressive would expand the notion of this as just, quote, a hate crime. This is America. That's what they've been doing.
0: I mean, it's a sort of... Um ethnic cleansing type approach uh that has informed yeah yeah
1: absolutely
0: yes you know and the
1: the strategy that they're using they've used in the 80s when they first go after you know academia they're going out they've been going after critical race theory and i think there's been a mistake that a lot of particularly like so-called progressive academics have made, which is focusing on particularly teaching white people how they're responsible for or, or part and parcel white supremacy. I don't actually think that's our job. Like, I don't think we need to be writing books anymore about like white people figuring out that they live in a racist country and have had privilege just by the nature of being the in white. We need to figure out on the black and brown radical or, or create a really radical revolutionary left that is about creating self-determination and sovereignty in our communities and also preparing ourselves and, and how many people down South are, or in other parts of this country, are arming themselves and preparing themselves. I mean, part of self-defense, right, has also been a radical Black tradition. Um, well, it's been part of the Black radical tradition, right? And this week, we celebrate Malcolm on um, May 19th. This coming week, we celebrate Malcolm X's. Birthday, and that's what he talked about. He, he was like, basically, they're going to do what they're going to do. What are we going to do to make our community safer for ourselves um, and self determine ourselves? And we can see that happening with a younger generation, particularly black and brown people that are like, we're growing farms, we're moving away from the big cities, we need to know how to protect ourselves, we need to know how to heal ourselves, we need to have mutual aid, we need to figure out other forms of um, sharing information because we're seeing already how the right wing or, you know, quote, conservative, mostly white men, control all of social media. And soon we might not be able to get ideas out in this way. So I think moments like this call on us for now not to put our energy into changing the hearts and minds of white people. Like, I've been done with that, but I, I really think a younger generation has to stop um you you know trying to make white people feel better because of how they are born that's for them to contend with Mm. if not they're going to keep these well we know these attacks are going to grow they're going to keep growing and growing especially if the right wing takes back the congress and uh the presidency and uh, the Democratic Party, as usual, shows its weakness and ineptitude to deal with anything that um, is, is critically important to poor Black and brown people in this country.
0: I'm wondering, um, you, uh, Rosa, if you think that the this country and its um, leaders and the liberal elites are going to take this massacre as seriously as it needed to be taken. I remember when in France you had the Charlie Hebdo shooting and uh, the massacre of 12 people, journalists. Um, and then you know a few days later at the Oscars you saw the the, the uh, well, movie stars saying "Je suis Charlie Hebdo" um, and and sh- you know sharing common cause with the victims of this. Mass- Here we have not one massacre where 10 people. Killed in Buffalo, you know, a couple of years ago at in El Paso, the Walmart. I mean, we have had massacre after massacre after massacre of people of color by white supremacists. And it just, I wonder how seriously they will take this, how seriously liberal elites will claim to be moved by this and horrified and struck with grief and do something.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think anything is going to come out from elected officials on either side independent any elected official. You know since Charleston what has changed, you know, and what had changed before that. So and what has changed post Charleston. No, I I I I believe that this is like a new wave of new racial massacres against black and brown people. If this own government can't keep those who sought to overthrow the government, those mostly white men and women on January 6th, who quiet as is being kept, many of them charges have been dropped. Many have had jail sentences from 15 years to now, 30 days, 90 days suspended they're coming for those that have done a little bit of time and are about to come out or are in they're being lauded as heroes of of the right but i think also of white moderates in a in a really weird way of conservatives you know and um it's like if they're not going to if they're not going to show or or they're not going to impose what shouldn't be what should be imposed against people who conspire to overthrow uh, an election, these they don't they don't really care about these what they're still going to call lone wolf white young men mass murderers, you know. Uh, and again, I would w- there will be no reform on gun laws ever. You know, so I think these are gonna gonna rise. I mean, even if there were gun laws, this would happen anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and part of it at the end is, it, you know, the the country is heading down a barrel of like real, real, real quick inequity, um, um, um monetary financial inequity. Like people are being pushed to the edge already uh, with, with with gas inflation and all that. And in these times. It is often young white men who feel disaffected, they feel they don't belong, that they turn their anger out um, in in a very hyper-violent way, and they do that to us. I mean, he drove from two hours to get to Buffalo, and a lot of people don't understand there's a lot of Black people in Buffalo, New York. It used to be um, General Electric was there, and... um, Uh, Chrysler Motor was there, like Buffalo was a huge black, black community, it's predominantly a black community and a poor community, so that he drove from where he went where there were hardly any black people and scoped it out. He didn't just go there and do it, he he made a plan. I think there's a lot of these more that we're going to see, unfortunately
0: now there is news coming out that he had planned more massacres and that if he hadn't been stopped by police it would have continued president biden i mentioned addressed law enforcement on sunday do you expect i certainly expect that this is going to this massacre is going to be (laughs) subversively used as justification for more police rather than cracking down on white supremacists And on guns, the availability of guns and white supremacists—they're just—they're gonna keep pushing more police. Which oh yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, police
1: already—we already seen, you know, the, the Democrats. We see Mayor Adams in New York. We see Biden talking about funding more police. We already seen, and we already are witnessing in LA, in New York City, in other major cities, the hiring, mass hirings, um. Adams has put back the street unit, which was one of the many units that killed, Amadou, uh, the unit that killed Amadou Diallo. But um, the over-policing is, is already happening. You know, and they're, they're tying it to particularly, quote, violent crime in black and brown neighborhoods. But we, if we look back to the 80s and my generation and what the black and Latino politicians did then, did the same thing. They started advocating for more police. So that's where we're at now. Then we're going to get more police and white young men will get the ability to buy any gun, um, be kicked out of school, get denied at five gun shops because of mental health, be on the radar of the police and still go and, and, and
0: massacre black people as they see fit. And then we're also going, linking this back to the issue of the coming abortion ban. We're going to see abortion criminalized, very likely, mm-hmm. and that criminalization is gonna come with police enforcement, and it's gonna impact poor, young, or not young, uh, women of color, uh, trans folks of color who are going to try to access abortion. So let's talk about the pushback to that with the uh, leak of the draft from the Supreme Court of Samuel Alito's opinion that Roe v. Wade should be overturned. There were massive rallies all over the country this past weekend. You attended one of them. Tell me what it was like and you know whether Americans who want abortion, a majority wants the right to an abortion whether they're going to be able to push back.
1: Yeah, it wasn't enough. You know, I, I definitely believe that this is, uh, well, I first, first thanked the leaker because it was obviously a clerk in there who did what they had to do to warn people, even though many of us felt and knew that this was coming second i think we have to have a complete interrogation into planned parenthood national organization for women all these large reproductive organizations that are worth you know um have billions of dollars of nonprofit money like how did this happen on your watch you know and it's not just about abortion this is about if they can overturn this this is about taking away complete control of one's ability to do what they want with their body it will Affect women first, women of color, poor women, you know, and it can all go down a, a really handmaid's tale, dystopic, almost. Maybe they will decide who, in general, can have children. What if you're poor and you can't have a child? What if you're a black man, white man, indigenous that was formerly incarcerated? You're deemed that you're you you can't have a child. What if um you know we already know that it's it's being criminalized but the arrests of doctors, that we have laws that are passing states that will charge women with murder. And then we have this attack on LGBTQI people um, that we know is going to lead to just the levels of, of mental health and suicide and that these the parents could be, <coughs> excuse me, fined. Children can be taken away. You can't say the word gay. I mean, like, if people don't understand. We are right now at that first step of totalitarianism. We're like, we're already fascists. We're there. I I believe we have to do a better job of linking it all together uh, as progressives. It was important for many of us to be out there Saturday, but these streets, I mean, the whole country should be ungovernable. If this was something that was affecting men's genitalia, and I know that's a very binary way and scientific way to say it, but I, I believe people need to hear that, too. These streets would be on fire. Like, they, they would, it would be ungovernable. And, and it, it's also really disheartening not to see many men and people who identify as men out there. Like, they need to be having the marches. We've, we've been to the marches. We've done this. Our foremothers did this. Abortion's going to happen. People will find other ways, you know, but they're going to also start to, I think they're going to go down the road of uh, banning contraceptives, yeah, you know, and talking I about it and not yeah. yeah, I would need people to, like, we've always said there's moments to wake up, but this is, this is a big moment where you have to decide, you know, I am going to have to fight harder than I ever thought. I'm going to have to lose some comfortability in my life. You know, or what? What are we living for? Our children, let alone a, a planet that may
0: be uninhabitable. So yeah. So Rosa, President Biden, who you know claimed that he was going to fight for racial justice, fight for racial equity. Um, th- these kinds of things are inadequate right looking to political leaders to bring racial justice even though you had trump ushering in a new era of white supremacy he was fanning the flames of what already existed and here we have these democratic leaders who are unable to put out this massive fire um because they're not quite invested in putting it out in the first place right so we have these midterm elections coming up and democrats are simply saying to us well if you don't vote for us the republicans will be in charge but they don't give us good enough reasons to vote for Democrats over and over, um, and and that's where policy gets made at the government level. But uh, can you expand on this idea of becoming ungovernable, as you were putting it earlier, to effect change and how that actually translates into change? How what that would look like?
1: You know, the Democrats can't keep baby formula on the shelves. Mm. You know, like what what is happening? <laughs> it's mm. you know like. The piece of being ungovernable means that you also have to give up on the electoral political system as it resides now. You know, I just don't see any type of elected official, even the most progressive, of putting a dent in this machine that keeps going no matter what. Um, I would like to see younger progressive so-called um democrats i'd like to see the squad and then just leave and walk out maybe go back to community organizing you know because nothing is seeming to stop anything that we say would would have happened especially given uh biden and harris and 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 the most democratic elected officials we've had in a while The Republicans have always played the long game, but they also themselves as elected officials in that party have put out enough propaganda for the majority of their own to not trust the electoral political system, yet they can participate in some way. I don't think we have the ability to do that. And part of it is simply we are Black and brown people. Like, they're not going to let, you know at the end it's a white christian nation and and they want to keep it that way even if we're in it so i really think we have to rethink all this energy that we keep putting into electing officials we did all this and yet still abortion and roe versus way is going to be overturned you know that's people really got to sit with that like what else are we supposed to do yeah, I fight back in different ways organizing has to look really really different and I think we have to take very seriously also the impact of the rest of the world that is moving towards the right you know um and in and, and so many nations that are moving towards more authoritative behavior if they're not already in it and isolation of, of countries like uh, a Chile and obviously still a Cuba and and some more, progressive independent nations, but them themselves are being isolated from the rest of the world. So I don't think it's also an American building project. I think it's an international building project and they're trying to bring down the white supremacists, MAGA, right. Tucker Carlson, all the, even all the liberals, um, trying to bring it down within the belly of the beast and that we're going to be the ones that suffer from that, you know? So, um, I think it's a sobering time and we have to act that way. And then we have to, again, figure out how we make change outside of depending on elected officials or parties at this point.
0: Rosa, I want to thank you so much, as always, for joining us. I always appreciate your insights into these issues.
1: Thank you so much, Nali. I appreciate it.
0: My guest has been Rosa Clemente. She's a journalist, producer, political commentator and scholar activist and is currently completing her Ph.D. at the W.E.B. Du Bois Center at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, prominent longtime activist and a frequent guest on our program. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. You can access this and other interviews on our website, risingupwithsonali.com, by becoming a subscriber. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at you